Today we're dropping a podcasting buffet. We're kind of greedy like that. With three brand new episodes of The Sleep Mums. This isn't because we've got loads of time in our hands. Five kids between us asking for a snack fills up most of our days. The reason is, though, we want to talk about feeding, the different ways of feeding and how that can impact sleep. As we always say, we're all different. Our babies are different. Yours is totally the best, by the way, obviously. And our families are all different. And that should be celebrated, which is why we are Zero Judgment. You might choose to listen to them all, but we wanted to give you the chance or the choice to listen to what you need, whether that's one, two or three. Our feelings about feeding can be super complex. Wherever you're at, whatever stage you're at and whatever you're doing, we're here to help you through some of those things. I'm Kat Kiwi, podcaster, broadcaster and milk and one sugar. And this is Sarah Carpenter, child and baby sleep expert, Marlon Nanny and triple shot ventilati. I'm drinking one right now. <laughs> Standard. <laughs> Together, we are the Sleep Mums. In this episode, we are going to talk about bottle feeding, some useful guides, bin some myths and chat through how you can maximise sleep through bottle feeds. So Sarah, let's start at the very beginning with expectations. Some people know from before they're even pregnant that they will bottle feed, either for personal or medical reasons. Some of us hope to feed differently, but then once baby is here, need or choose to bottle feed for personal or medical reasons. And as we've touched on, this can mean our feelings about feeding can be complex, but often we're not just dealing with our own feelings, but also the feelings of others. So yeah, I think starting with feelings is a really good place. And I think, you know, the main thing is that you need to allow yourself to feel what you need to feel. And it's not right or wrong whatever you're feeling um and try not to let other people's judgments um and opinions sort of cloud over your feelings it's okay to feel whatever you want to feel um and the expectations you know around all feeding options are difficult but if you've made a choice and a decision you've done that for you and that's absolutely fine and and or your baby uh uh-huh and if it's been taken away then you're doing the right thing as well so yeah I remember a really really good friend of mine saying to me um partway through her first pregnancy I don't want to breastfeed I just don't want to do it but I'm scared to tell my midwife and Uh that was just so awful you know this was somebody who had made a choice because it was the right choice for her yeah and she was she just felt so incredibly scared to tell the people who should have been there to support her totally so essentially expectations come not just from feelings but also what people see as the reality of bottle feeding so what are some of those expectations one of the biggest expectations is that Everyone assumes that they're just going to make up this massive bottle of formula and baby's just going to take it. No, some babies just don't take the bottle immediately. Um, You know, they find it difficult to latch in the same way that they find it difficult to latch with breastfeeding. They might just take a tiny, tiny amount and that is what they need and that's enough for them. But because you can see what's in that bottle, you feel like they should be finishing it and that's just not always the case. So, um, yeah, that's quite a big one. And then... The other one following what it says on the formula tins, you know, that the amounts that they are talking about in the formula tins are a guideline. Some babies are going to take slightly less. Some babies might take a ton more. It is their guideline. Don't 
restrict your baby yeah. based on what is on the side of the formula tin. You know, if you've got a very hungry baby, make up more milk for them. But I think it's really hard because you don't you don't know. Like you are just going by what where you can get information, and one of the places yeah. you can get information is the back of your formula tin. So it's really hard. You have to use your common sense a little bit, and obviously, if your baby is downing every single bottle that you make up, finishing it and settling for a very short period of time, then increase the feeds and go above what it's saying on the formula tin. Um, and equally, you know, if you if you feel like you're spending hours trying to get a bottle in, then, you know. Could there not be a bunch of other reasons that they might not, you know, totally glug it though, whether it was wind or any other issues? Loads and loads of reasons, loads. So how do you know that? Because you might be like, oh, well, they, you know, they don't, they're just not hungry. But actually, how do you know? So when it comes to obviously babies taking consistently smaller feeds, you know, it may just be that they're not hungry enough yet to take the recommended guideline amount. But also there could be other issues as well. So it is worth keeping a diary. It's obviously worth getting their weight checked and then seeking relevant and appropriate advice from there. Yeah. What are some of the other kind of expectations around bottle feeding i think you know that there's going to be a sort of natural schedule um so you know people just assume that if they're bottle feeding they're going to be on a routine straight away but actually that's not the case either you know you do you if you if you want to be routine led then you do still have to put that routine in place a little bit there will potentially be a more natural routine from earlier on but you are still working at that um, and just because you're bottle feeding it doesn't mean that they're going to slide into a napping routine I think a lot of people feel like if they've opted to bottle feed or if baby has been bottle fed that the nap routine will just naturally follow and actually that's not the case either um, and then there's the big expectation that you know if you formula feed they're going to sleep through the night it's not nice yeah so which like, it puts pressure on both you know whatever way you're feeding really as as we've said yeah, before and um, I think there's also a bit of a public perception of bottle feeding that it's not this beautiful snuggly bonding experience and it totally is I mean if you've ever seen the way a baby looks up at their caregiver when they're having a bottle you'll know it is absolutely and this is one of the reasons why it's you know a real positive for everyone in the family if you are bottle feeding because then everybody gets that opportunity for those snuggly milky feeds and it is exactly the same as when you're or if you choose to breastfeed you know bottle feeding and giving them a cuddle is just as lovely okay so we've dealt with expectations now let's talk about experience it can be a bit overwhelming as there are so many different types of formula on the market you're often given one in hospital if you have a hospital birth or by midwife and if you bottle feed from the get-go but should you stick to that or do you go and find a different one how do you make a choice when it comes to to formula Yeah, I mean, to be honest, you need to really strip it back to the basics and think about what's accessible for you. So, um, you know, you don't want to be starting on a formula that you can only get in a supermarket 15 miles away. You want to really think about what's easy. If it's if you're getting it delivered, then that's totally different. Just always be one step ahead so that you don't run out. Um, And yeah, the, the sort of more common, easily accessible 
milks are obviously more convenient if you're traveling and things um but that is not to say that if you got caught short you couldn't just give them a bottle of whatever you can get your hands on um obviously that's different if you have an allergy baby then you know you are going to have to have access to the milk that you've been prescribed um, and that does make it a little bit trickier but yeah there's nothing to stop you you wouldn't want to obviously swap and change formulas regularly but if it was an emergency situation it's not going to um be too detrimental um, so can babies just, have a preference for one kind over another and should you go through different formulas um to to find like how much should you try different different formulas I guess is what I'm asking I mean if you've picked a formula and that's the one that you're going with you would only change it if there was an issue so if baby really really wasn't taking it if there was an allergy if they had reflux these are all the things that you would change it for if you are just you know thinking well I don't want to eat the same meal every day so why would my baby no that is not the case you want to be sticking to the one formula because it will you know their digestive systems are so immature that you know swapping and changing formula would have an effect on them and it wouldn't be a good one like some people will be more remote and and you know struggle perhaps to get different types or varieties but lots of people will have access to a bunch of different varieties whether it's in their local shop or as you say through delivery so how do you make a choice then I mean it's all well and good to say oh just pick one you can get but what if you can get them all if you can get them all then you just have to go with your gut really there's not you know I have a preference but yeah you know it's uh, um yeah there's nothing obvious to make you choose you can read the back of the tin you can read all the different ingredients and you can make an informed decision on what you can see in front of you they they have a bit of a tendency to change the formulas of formulas as well don't they so that can you know you might find that one if particularly if you have subsequent children but obviously they're different but that you might find one works with one and the same one doesn't work with another yeah, definitely. We went through a phase um, a few years ago where one of the larger formula companies had changed their makeup and a lot of clients who had used it previously were finding that their um, second or third babies were having real trouble with it. So yeah, it can it can change things if they do go through those changes. Um, can I ask about hungry milks? You can. <laughs> Are they a thing? Are they necessary? To- really? No. You know, and I can hear a lot of people doing a sharp intake of breath as I do this, but no, I mean, you know, you you can increase the volume of each feed, um, yeah. and by the time you're on hungry baby milk, or by the time you know it's suggested that you might want to change to it, you will also be introducing solids, so you've got that as well. Yeah. And although milk is obviously still the priority part of the diet, the solids will make a difference. So. No, it's a lot of people will find with the hungry baby milks that they will get quite constipated. Um, they might become quite uncomfortable when they make that change. Um, so no, unless unless it's been medically recommended, you're fine to stick with the starter milks. As we love a myth bust, there's a nasty rumour that's done the rounds for years that your baby will be smarter if you breastfeed, which is a shitty guilt trip for any parent. In the early days of formula, there were developmental differences, but we're talking like decades ago. And so whilst modern formula isn't like an exact replica of, of mother's milk, 
there's no need to worry because today's formulas are a top-notch alternative. Um, there was also a recent study that looked at IQ levels of siblings with the same mother where one breastfed and the other didn't, and they found that there was no cognitive advantages. So, I mean, don't worry too much if, if, if someone has said that to you or you're concerned about that. Milk matters, but largely in terms of what is best for you and your family. So that's different milks, but it doesn't just stop there. The kit you need for bottle feeding is important too. And finding the right bottle and teat for you and your baby can take time, can't it? It definitely can. There's so many different bottles and shapes of teats out there. And it is all about finding the right one for your baby. Sometimes you will just buy something when you're pregnant and that'll work and that's absolutely fine. But other times you will need to go through a few different shapes. So, you know, Obviously, the bottle isn't as important as the teat shape, but if you're looking at your baby feeding and you can see gaps around the teat, then they are going to be taking on wind that they, you know, taking on air, which as a result will cause wind. So you want a nice, snug shaped teat in the mouth. And at times, the baby can, you know, prefer the teat that looks the most unrealistic. But that's the one that works for them. Fits their mouth. Yeah, exactly. So don't worry about what it looks like. It's how it fits and how baby is feeding from it. You don't, you, you know, you want to find the bottle and the tea, which is most comfortable for baby and prevents excess wind. And, you know, unlike formulas, you know, if, if you can try a bunch of different ones and also don't feel like you have to spend a ton of money on them either because sometimes the not as expensive ones are actually better or certainly just as good definitely and you don't need to replace the actual bottles every time you have another baby you just need to replace the teeth mm-hmm. that's interesting which i guess kind of brings us to the other important stuff like sterilizers so where do you start with those again think about you and your situation if you've got a tiny kitchen then you don't want a big muckle great plug-in sterilizer sitting out on the counter all the time Scottish translation just for muckle for our international uh, <laughs> listeners. Muckle means big. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, you know, you might want to do a microwave one or you might just want to boil your bottles. There's so many different options. Um, you know, again, if you Google it, you're going to get lots of different reviews on them. But it, you just want to think about your situation and go with that. Or if you're getting a hand-me-down, take it. I totally freaked out like the first time I used those sterilizer tabs um, because they smell so bleachy and I was um, and my daughter was quite ill afterwards um, or I thought she was anyway and I was sure I had poisoned her Um, so I I found like anything like that quite traumatic so I just kind of wanted to I, I had a microwave one which actually was brilliant. Yeah, I think the microwave ones are fab. And also, you know, there are bottles on the market that um, don't require sterilizers and they just self-sterilize. So you put them together again and pop them in the microwave. Um, And so then you don't need any other kit. Yeah. And they're really handy for when you're out and about because, you know, if you get caught short that you need to squeeze in an extra feed, you can always just ask to use a microwave wherever you are um, and it's sterilized and ready to go. That's really good. I think it's also probably important we touch on some of the machines like Perfect Prep, which make your bottles up for you. I think these can be a wee bit marmitey. Some folk absolutely swear by them, but I also know some parents who've had problems with them. What's your experience, Sarah? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it is going to be one of those topics where 
you're always going to find a negative. Personally, I've always had good experiences with them. I, I do think that they're really handy for people, especially overnight. It just makes things a little bit easier. There's nothing worse than trying to count out scoops of formula while you're like waiting on the water, getting to the right temperature and things and somebody distracting you and it all going haywire and you have to start again from scratch. Except sometimes baby settles in that time. This is true as well. <laughs> but they can also sometimes settle in the time it takes to use the machine. So, yeah, yeah. Um, and sometimes they could get crankier exactly. and crankier and wake up the whole house. Exactly. So both. <laughs> so, yeah, there's, there's good points and bad points, but I think, you know, if if it's something that you want to try, then try it. It was funny. They came out, I think it was when I had Indy. I think it was with my first. They'd just come out and the midwife said to me that I should buy one and sell it on eBay because they were going for like twice the price because they were like so in demand. Yeah. They don't actually make the bottle up for you. I think that's like people do think that it's going to magically make the entire bottle. You do still have to measure out the powder. So it's just it's it, what it's doing is giving you the water at the right temperature to make the bottle up. So it's excluding the half hour wait for the water to get to the right temperature. Glad we got that cleared up. <laughs> We touched on expectations at the beginning and sometimes those expectations can move into guilt. Parent guilt is real and we've done an awesome podcast on it if you want to have a wee listen. But whilst we're here, let's talk about feelings of guilt because sometimes it can be useful to kind of acknowledge them and that then helps you get rid of them. Yeah, so guilt and expectations are often tied up together. And as you said at the start, that can be because of other people's opinions and your own feelings. So, you know, some people think that bottle feeding can be more flexible and it can be but your baby might still only take a bottle from you or from one specific person if that's how it's been delivered from day dot so it doesn't necessarily give more flexibility it gives more flexibility if you put that in place from the beginning um and it can 100% come from the judgment of others in lots of different ways. You know, you can, like I talked about earlier with my friend, you know, she felt very judged. I remember the first time I gave a bottle in public to one of mine and I was totally comfortable with it. But I remember hiding and thinking, this is absolutely insane. Like, why am I worried about giving a bottle? And I really had to give myself a shake and just be like, this is the choice that I've made because it works for all of us. But isn't it mad that you, you and your friend are, are just that though that exists when you literally have no idea what someone's backstory is, you know? And and also, what like, not just that they have to have some specific reason for making the choice that they have. Like, who are we to judge someone else for, for the decisions that they've made, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's it is just horrible that any of us as parents ever feel judged for anything. Yeah. But I do think the feeding one is a big one. Yeah. I mean, there are some things you can maybe do a bit of judging about, like, you know, giving them booze or like letting them sleep <laughs> in the garden overnight or something. I mean, there's definitely things. <laughs> but in general, most parents don't do those things. The normal things that parents do should not come with judgment. And bottle feeding is definitely one of those things. <laughs> Okay, and finally, let's talk about bottle feeding and sleep, the big one. Well, actually, I'd like to start with busting a myth about bottle feeding. Essentially, it's the idea that a bottle-fed baby is going to sleep through. Which you kind of mentioned earlier. Yeah. It's not the case. Every baby is going to wake up to feed at night. You know, they have to, they need that. 
and that's regardless of how they're fed. So, you know, they are like we said because they wake up for yeah. a whole bunch of different reasons, like not just wanting to be fed as well you know it might be wind it might just be that they've gone between sleep cycles and they're struggling to settle there's a whole manner of reasons they might be waking up definitely so how can you maximize baby sleep when you're bottle feeding so again you know you're looking at giving the full feeds um which works in the same way give baby the bottle when they naturally come off win them offer it again um you might need to change feeding positions as well with the bottle um you know there might be some positions that baby likes to start in but as they're getting fuller they like to change position so it's okay to change things up winding of course is key with bottle feeding as well you know you want to wind every single time they come off and you want to wind at the end of the feed as well and then you're thinking about your schedule and needs over the 24 hours so if there's times of day where where you can sort of increase the volume of the bottle or add in an extra little top-up feed then they're making up the milk that they need throughout the day rather than doing that overnight. And um, what are the kind of best positions, I guess, for bottle feeding? Is is there? There's not really a best one. Um, I mean, the sort of standard cradle hold is what most people opt for, but a lot of babies like to be in a more, much more sitting up sort of right angled position. And some babies like to be lying completely flat on their side on a pillow facing away yeah. from the caregiver um, so yeah it really does vary to be honest you know um, certainly with babies who do have excessive wind or um, maybe reflux they do like to be at that more upright position for feeding just in case you heard that that wasn't my wind that was my dishwasher just gurgling <laughs> <laughs> um, and sometimes you have to work quite hard to get baby to to start to take the bottle as well which I don't think we we have well we haven't spoken about so far anyway that you know sometimes you have to kind of do do a bit of the work for them to kind of get a bit on their tongue to kind of remind them to to suck yeah absolutely I mean you're looking at getting a little bit of the milk flow in um, and you're also using all the natural techniques as well so you know rubbing the bottle down the cheek rubbing it um, across their top lip all these things are going to stimulate the baby to start sucking and certainly, you know, I have built up my leg muscles over the years doing <laughs> thousands of the bottle squat. squats, exactly. You know, some babies just like to be bounced when they're in a <laughs> bottle and so you will squat a lot. <laughs> That is basically like the first bit of your child saying, you are going to work hard for this. <laughs> exactly. Barely a week goes by without Sarah or me getting a message either directed towards us or from a parent who has received some sort of judgment or criticism about how they feed their baby. It genuinely breaks my heart that we're still having a conversation that puts parents against each other. We need all the help we can get. We try to encourage parents to say, I've got this, but what if we said we've got you instead? In a way, supporting each other is the best thing we can do for ourselves. As ever, we hope this helped. We're all about having open conversations, so come and chat to us online at The Sleep Mums on Facebook and on Instagram. And please leave us a lovely review and subscribe to the podcast. It literally takes a second. You can do it right now and say something lovely. And of course, totally let us know if there's something that you would like to hear about we make this podcast for you and honestly the reviews the subscriptions it really really helps us to carry on doing what we do which is hopefully supporting you guys look after yourselves and sleep soon